It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Chess Liam here on Tuesday, November 21st. We are recording this Tuesday morning, so if we get something wrong with injuries, if Gino ends up not playing, if Antonio Gibson either does or doesn't play, if Emmanuel Wilson ends up coming back for the Packers, whatever, we we will not be privy to that information, but we are here for really the slate that you look forward to, you know, right about the end of October, you're like, dude, Thanksgiving Day slate, it's going to be great. I I think I'm O for lifetime on turning a profit on Thanksgiving, honestly, just <laughs> jam. No, that's not true. I won in 2019. I chopped a New Orleans Saints uh, showdown slate. Like it was like, I think the last year of Breeze's career, maybe um, I, I chopped uh, an Alvin Kamara captain lineup uh but other than that pretty much O for lifetime weirdly i think these all have the potential to be good games i think if we get like a b plus jordan love game that game should be good we could see sam howell throw 60 times against dallas and if we get a good geno game i mean anything is possible buddy yeah i mean jordan love quietly been playing some good football over the past three games hasn't really materialized for christian watson uh, who could forget this was Sam Howell's breakout game last year in week 18 where he scored that rushing touchdown. That's true. Led to me drafting him um, a lot in best ball. I thought he was going to be running more. He's not as much of a runner. but um, And then, yeah, I mean, the Geno stuff is something we have to sort through and, you know, the Ken Walker injury. So it's a fun slate on Thanksgiving. It is a fun slate on Thanksgiving. So I guess let's do game by game. Then Maybe we can build a couple teams at the end. So, obviously, the first game ends up being so important because it's going to dictate everyone who is, um, you know, virgin enough to be doing late swaps on Thanksgiving, of which yeah. I will definitely be one of them. Now, hold up, I, Grandma. I got to go to the computer. <laughs> I'll get I, right I always that. bring I always bring my laptop over to my in-laws, and I'm like, I just, you know, every every 90 minutes, I got to disappear and go swap the mice. Now, I've gone through a lot of iterations of this. When Daily Roto existed, I would, you know, uh, re-swaptimize, you know, where you upload your lineups and then you just re-optimize based on what happened or what changed. I'm not going to do any of that. Uh, like I'll max everything under five bucks. I'll just put max entries in and like whatever happens, happens with whatever I do before the first game. But then in like the single entry stuff, like the spy and the red zone, I'll, I'll swap on those all day. So you really got to be in a good spot after the first game or your your Thanksgiving just sucks. 
Yeah, and I mean, with Detroit playing in a dome here, like you, you got to nail that spot. It, it really feels like you're going to need probably at least one of these running backs in such a good matchup. Um, you know, Dallas versus Washington, that could be fireworks right there. I could see just like a, a mega stack of that ship in it. I'm probably going to play, you know, play some Millie Makers. You got to try to win a million bucks on Thanksgiving and probably play, I don't know, a Wildcat entry or two. But, um, Surprised you're right not in. going. I'm I'm honestly surprised that you would not go harder than that. I don't really know what your DFS menu is like. Like I have no idea what your Sunday morning is because you don't play cash, do you? No, I don't play cash. I've never never played cash. I, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I play a lot more best ball and you know, I'll usually play one or two high stakes on the weekend. Really, really depends how the season's going. Um you know, we're not exactly like the best bankroll managers here. It's just yeah, well, like I mean, I don't follow. I don't follow any strict bankroll management either. When I'm running good, I play a lot. And when I'm running bad, I play way less. And I'm having a, I'm actually having a terrible GPP season. I've had like one legit sweat. It was the, it was the, the second A-chain week. It was the, it was the, the, not the Broncos week, but the week after when he got 30 um, was the only time I had like really good teams. And but I, I am, I'm getting a lot of invites from people who are bad in cash. So I'm up, I'm up pretty good this season. So I, I'll just be firing. I'll probably play, I don't know. I'll probably play like two thousand bucks on on Thanksgiving. Are you gonna play? Ca- are you playing cash on Thanksgiving? So normally I don't, but we're gonna do a gill cast on Friday morning for Thanksgiving. Mm. So I think I'll play a little bit of cash. Just like I don't know what the optimal team is yet. Like if I'm looking at it Wednesday night and the optimal team looks pretty good, then I will. If the optimal team is like you got to play Jaden Reed, I probably won't. Uh, I, I, that's uh, that's that's up to decision. Okay, so for this game, these are really the questions. The first being, is AJ Dillon without Aaron Jones a good enough play that he's actually a legit leverage play on Charbonnet, who is a hundred dollars less, but will be. What do you think? The third most owned running back, probably behind McCaffrey and, and Pollard, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it it's a weird one where I really thought Detroit's defense was a lot better than last year with all the draft and free agent acquisitions they did. But I saw that like after week six or whatever, they're all they're all the way down to like 25th in points allowed per game. So it is an interesting spot. Um, is Aaron Jones for sure ruled out? I mean, it sounded like it sounded like he was maybe even a candidate for the IR. So I don't, yeah. I don't think he's playing. And and Emmanuel Wilson, their third running back, is also out. So if you want to really get in this Klansky Buck territory, uh, what's his name? Patrick Taylor, the Memphis running back, is their fourth string running, or was their fourth string running back? He's going to be the second string. And in this spot, uh, what was it like? Week four was the week that Aaron Jones was out before, and everyone played. AJ Dillon and they called him up over Emmanuel Wilson. He played 36% of the snaps, two carries, but got five targets in the passing game and that loss to the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, AJ Dillon is just so bad that I never really want to play him in tournaments. But if he is going to come in way lower owned than Charbonnet, I, I can see be, my- it won't be way lower because that's not the way three game slates work. Yeah. But it'll be it'll be appreciably less. Like he'll be like twenty five percent, and Charbonnet will be like forty percent, probably. Yeah, I mean, on paper, very similar plays, right? We we're gonna expect them to have a lock on 
um, the workload, and they both are going to get targets in the passing game. I do prefer Charbonnet just kind of like rolling the dice on an unknown. Um, but if the ownership is there, I'll, I'll definitely jam some Dylan. And then like at the Green Bay wide receivers, um, Dontavian Wicks, the rookie, He's got a concussion. I was ready. I was ready to. Oh, I was ready he? to jam him in. He he he's in the concussion protocol. So there's like almost no way he plays. Like no, coming back not. from yeah. Well, well then the the guy that's gonna get some run that probably no one's gonna play uh, is is probably Malik Keith. Malik Keith. Yeah. Is is Tamari Toure on the um IR? He's on. I think Samari Toure. I believe is on the practice squad. So I think he can be called up uh, right now. They're act. No, no, he's, he's legit on the roster. So right now they're active wide receivers are Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Heath, Wicks, Torrey. I'm not expecting Wicks to play. The thing is, is it feels like you have to play these guys. Cause like, Oh, you know, you got to get different. But like one thing I've really learned from the Sims this year is that people actually go too far off the board, like in every slate. They just give up too many projected points in the name of ownership. I, I think the nice marriage of those things, honestly, is, is Christian Watson, who is like killing our main event team that we co-own <laughs> with Kyle Dvorak. He's like the worst pick we've ever made. But if the field is going to – I know one thing, which is the field is going to be fucking jazz to play Jaden Reed. He, he's coming off due back-to-back good weeks – uh, mm-hmm. what would LaFleur call them a war daddy? Like, just like people are, are going to pick up on that. Like Jaden Reed is going to be popular. And maybe if Wicks would have played, I'd be a little bit bearish on Watson, but Malik Heath is not going to steal Christian Watson's routes. No. And I mean, we know how Watson gets there, right? It's a deep a dot bomb. He gets some red zone looks. Um, if you are trying to punt off tight end and just like fit in a stars and scrubs lineup, Tucker Craft at 2,500 has quietly been running 42%, 30% of the routes, getting a little bit of targets. So if their solution to losing Wicks is to run a little bit more too tight end, maybe he gets some run, um, a Musgrave injury, whatever. Like, I could well, see Musgrave, Musgrave's questionable too. He's got, he, he was listed as a DNP on the Monday, you know, estimated practice report. Which would mean Kraft is going to end up being like giga chalk, I think. Yeah, he would just be chalk. If (laughs) if Musgrave and Wicks are both not playing, but it's like, I don't know, like he might be good, you know, to $2,500 Tucker Kraft, like might be fine here because one catch for nine yards and a touchdown gets him pretty close to optimal because then like Ferguson and Logan Thomas have to outscore him by a good bit. Because if you play Kraft, you can play McCaffrey and CD together, like no sweat. How many points do you think you need from Jordan Love to feel good about it on this slate? It's not a good slate for him because all the quarterbacks, I think, are legit better than him. Like, Dak and Purdy project for way more points. Goff projects for, like, a standard deviation better of points. And even Howell, like, Howell's median projection is always going to be kind of bad here because their team total is not that good. But it's literally going to – I mean, he might get 50 pass attempts here. Yeah, I mean, if I'm playing Love, I'm probably just mega stacking Green Bay, Detroit, and, you know, playing like a yes. one-off CMC, a one-off CD or something like that. Um, but I agree, it's it's tough. Like, Love's at 55, Purdy's at 61, Howell's at 62, Goff's at 63. Um, should, we, should we move over to the Detroit side? 
I I am just putting this on the record. I I am smashing in Jameer Gibbs. I think the field still seems like a little bit afraid of David Montgomery. Like right now, again, it's Tuesday morning, so this stuff is going to change a little bit. But right now, our friends at Rotor Grinders have DeMont projected to be 25% owned, Jameer Gibbs 21%. I'm going to guess that ends up flipping. I'm going to guess Gibbs gets closer to 30% and Montgomery's a little bit less. But it, uh, the the... The archetype of Jameer Gibbs, I mean, how many guys have we seen like this in the NFL? You know, the electric pace and space back. And Travis Etienne last year, you know, guys like that. But he's getting goal line carries. I mean, I know it was like a weird fake jet sweep type play. <laughs> but he's got three touchdowns inside the five-yard line in the last two weeks. Like, I, to me, that he is like the total key of the slate, I think. Yeah, I mean, last week I really did buy that Montgomery would get a goal line opportunity against his old team. That just seems and, like, and, a, and he did. They did give, and him he did. One. Right, like that's just like a Lions thing to do, right? Like Dan Campbell's gonna give his players that opportunity. But um, I mean, I like Gibbs. I like Montgomery too. I really feel like I'm gonna play some lineups with both on with this both slate. together. Yeah, I mean, it just you know, it's the natural thing to do. It's a three game slate. You're not really that afraid of Tony Pollard. You know, you could play both and CMC, both and Charbonnet, something like that, and then just jam in some wide receivers. But, yeah, Gibbs, Montgomery, both are going to get plenty of ownership, but both are in great spots. You know, Green Bay's defense is not great. They're very bad against the run, 28th, you know, allowing 135 yards a game. And they traded away talent at the trade deadline, giving up Rasul Douglas to the Bills, who's been actually very good. So the I think the question here, which is sort of interesting, is that are you better off playing the Lions guys without Jared Goff? Or if you want to play Gibbs and St. Brown together or or St. Brown and Laporta together, do you play them with Goff? Or do you play it with Love or with Howell or, or even with Dak? I mean, you could do Dak and Cooks with St. Brown and Laporta and you're getting leverage on the Dak CD teams, the Dak Ferguson teams, really with Dak and Laporta, you're getting like a ton of leverage there in a unique combo way, I think. I, I think I probably would opt to not play golf because I think he's got a good median projection, but I think he's got like the fourth highest ceiling of these guys. I mean, Prescott is in such a good spot here, and but I feel like the ownership's got to follow there where golf might be lower owned than he should be on a, on a three game slate. And it is in the Detroit dome, you know, he'll we be know the that third most owned quarterback, I think. Goff. Yeah. I mean, so I think mega stacking golf um, and just like onslaughting this game does make sense just to, you know, because who's not going to be staring at the DraftKings thing that's hand building and seeing that Prescott is facing the 32nd ranked team. Yeah. Goff for 500 more, you know, than Goff. So like that, alone is going to eat away that his ownership i think the real interesting thing about the lions is with their jameson. wide receivers because with in the trailing game script jameson williams ran a season high 66 percent of the routes only like one or two less than josh reynolds now i do wonder if that was because they were down you know in the game and they and they needed to win but i do think the coaches like that the dude can block his ass off and like run down the field. Um, and it, you know, th there's not a lot to sort through here on the lions. It's, it's uh Khalif, it's JMO, it's Josh, it's a Monroe, it's the running backs. 
it's the tight end, you know? Uh, deep, DPJ, though, I guess could maybe get some more run. What's your read on how the Lions wide receivers will sort? I mean, I don't know what their plans are with DPJ because it felt like DPJ was kind of just like insurance for Jamison. But Jamison's actually been like decent for them the last two weeks. He's got his two highest route share games of the first two years of his career. And uh, I mean, we haven't got a quote in at least a month of them saying like what a goddamn knucklehead he is. <laughs> so maybe, maybe he's buying in, man. You know, maybe Jamison is like, I, you know, I'm in on lions culture. You know, I want to eat my opponent's kneecaps. Like, you know, stuff like that happens, you know, basically all the negative things you could say about Jameson weren't, wasn't really about what he did on the field. I mean, I guess having one catch in your rookie year in six games is not great, but it was mostly it just sounded like he kind of had a bad attitude and whatever. But if that turns around, I mean, Jameson is probably very similar in this slate to Christian Watson in the sense of his median projection is going to be awful. Like mm -hmm. right now I'm looking his median projection uh, for RG right now is 4.6 points less than, you know, Curtis Samuel. I would have guessed three points. <laughs> yeah, but he, but he could totally get 19, like totally get 19. Yeah, I mean, the dude could get 30, right? Like there's no reason he can't get 102 in any game. Um, I do think I'll be interested in playing some golf stacks with 3,500 Josh Reynolds, 3,400 Jameson Williams, throw CMC, throw Lamb, throw Monra in there. You're cooking with some real gas, jamming in some scrubs and um, stars there. And I, I think the DPJ signing was mostly to do with Marvin Jones' retirement. Um, yeah. But, you know, Khalif Raymond's still out there, still getting strong target per outrun numbers, 32%, 17% target per outrun. So I really don't know if – I mean, DPJ is just like a – you know, it's, it's not a good play. He's it's in nothing. A, he, yeah, he gets 10% of the routes you get. You know, you hope to get an 80-yard bomb. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Josh Reynolds and Jamison, I think, are pretty strong plays, and I don't think people ever really want to play Jamison because they know the median is awful. Yeah, if I was playing a non-St. Brown Lions wide receiver, it would definitely be Jamison over, over Raymond or DPJ or Reynolds. Oh. Or Reynolds was Reynolds is only a hundred dollars more, which I think will really keep Jamison low. Reynolds, I just don't, I don't know. I just probably won't play him. I, I like he kills. I guess he kills you if he scores twice. I don't even know if he kills you if he scores once. Because there are a lot of wide receivers in the. They, I think they actually did a good job with the pricing and that it's very flat. There are a bunch of dudes between thirty five hundred and fifty five hundred who are all like kind of plays. So yeah. I, I think like it's it's kind of a play whoever you want style slate where you you just have to pick the best plays because the salary's not gonna do it for you. Uh what about what about Laporta? Do you do you just not considering price, do you like Laporta or Kittle more? I mean, I like Kittle because I think, you know, Laporta he's he's getting targets i just don't think he's on the same talent as kittle espn analytics has kittle as the best tight end in the nfl um and it does not rate laporta that high which is you know a lot of people can say that's a espn analytics is whatever but to me it could be a little bit of a red flag that his his situation is awesome right like he doesn't have a ton of target competition especially to start the year 
but maybe his talent isn't as good as the situation. So I'm playing Laporta in stacks. I think you can always play two tight end, um, especially this year with all the extra tight, like Logan Thomas, Ferguson, Laporta, Kittles on the slate. So two tight end seems very viable. Um, 5,200 for Laporta. I'll, I'll get some of him, but he's not like a, a jam for me as, I mean, a lot of people just like love him for what he did in the beginning of the year, but he's kind of been disappointed disappointing a little bit over the last two 6.8 eight points per game how are you feeling about him i mean i think the i think the thing about laporta is that it's all touchdowns which is not any different than george kittle like he's not going to rack up eight for 80 because that is same brown in this offense and kittle is the same way kittle never gets there via volume i mean he's been on this insane run he i think he's got three straight games with over 20 points i think he's done that on eight catches, nine catches, maybe. I mean, they've all just been huge chunk. He literally this season has a three target, three reception, three touchdown game. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that, like it, you, you do not get any more classic Kittle than that. I think both of them are really strong plays though, because two tight end is always popular on three game slates. Like always, always because yeah. the $3,300 tight ends project better than they $3,300 wide receivers like Musgrave, Logan Thomas, Ferguson. There'll be a lot of those guys in there. And I don't think Laporta or Kittle gets above 25% really. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for anyone really to get up there. Um, I do like Musgrave quite a bit if he's playing. And if not, I think the real thing for everyone to think through is do you jam Tucker Kraft? Do you play Kraft and Kittle, Kraft and Laporta? Something like that. Um, oh, dude, Kittle, Laporta, that, now that's an idea. Kittle and Laporta team, now that is very unique. That that's will not fun. be that will not be a popular combination. Yeah, I, I like that idea a lot. Um, any interest in the Lions or Packers defense? Yeah, 32. Lions for sure. I mean, Lions yeah. super, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, like, honestly, I'll just kind of play whatever defense fits on a lot of these lineups. Like, I'm not going to yeah. think too heavily about it it was just whatever defense scores a touchdown of these six teams is going to end up being optimal that's just the way it goes i do think the lions d though could go a little under own though because they're at 32 the 49ers at 36 and the cowboys are at 38 in much better matchups yes yeah no i i completely i completely agree with that all right the next game i mean i feel like this is actually of the three if you like i had perfect clarity and i could just learn the final score of any of the games i think it would be this one like, I can tell you right now. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close, okay, my eyes are closed. I'm imagining. It's 40-3 to three Dallas, and the gold star lock of the day is Brandon Cooks because no defense in the NFL, in the, in the era of dink and dunk, no defense is giving up more touchdowns outside of the red zone than the commanders. It's like the closest is like a couple teams with like nine or something. And then you got like the commanders with like 14 or 15 touchdowns outside of the red zone. And to me, like Brandon cooks is just like a lock here. I don't think he's like that good anymore, but a deep a dot guy against you. A, you were going to be the only person with this take. So I love it. Like no one else. People are going to ride for Jalen Tolbert over Brandon cooks. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, a, a deep a dot guy against a secondary that cannot you know, defend anyone. Um, and CD lamb doesn't get as many looks downfield always, you know, he's, he's a super high volume guy, but I think some like Dak lamb 
Cook's lineups. Like, I like Cook a lot. Um, how how are you feeling about it? I mean, I definitely did not come into the slate thinking I was going to play a lot of him, but I, I actually am kind of convinced by that. Really, I'm, I don't know if I'm so much convinced by that argument of the deep touchdowns, although it is kind of interesting. What I am convinced by is the Cowboys just putting up a bazillion points like they do every week. I mean, the Cowboys just score, I guess they what, they only scored 33 last week? Is that right? I mean... They didn't even get Brother, 30. Darius Slayton got there against the Commanders. That's tr- Oh, dude, the play he scored on was so funny, too. The defender was, like, trying to follow him all the way across the uh, – what kind of coverage was that? I just And, and Saquon, Saquon did not, like, get it done on the ground. He got it done on deep bombs to from Tommy DeVito into the red zone. You know, like, this, this Jack Del Real defense is just like, no, we're not playing cover two or whatever, you know, like – we don't care about the deep bomb. We'll just lose on that. Uh, it, it's a disaster for for this commander's defense to me. I I mean, I think all four of the Cowboys wide receivers are plays, honestly. CD, uh, Cooks, Gallup, and Tolbert. Like, the, the one thing you could add in Tolbert's corner, actually, is that if they are up 40 to 30, like if it, if it is that game script, he would still play the rotational snaps with Cooper Rush. So you could get more, you could get more points that way like he'll do both he'll play some with the starters and some with the scrubs now Howell is super interesting because he could easily lead the slate and pass attempts all of his targets are cheap good points per dollar plays Dotson scored last week Logan Thomas at tight end Curtis Samuel got ejected last week so I don't know maybe maybe he's real fresh or whatever uh <laughs> you know I mean and you could maybe even get away with Crowder I I guess I I probably wouldn't quite go there that feels a little thin and I also think because the commander's pass volume will be so unreal you can like triple stack him you could do like B-Rob if Gibson doesn't play uh McLaurin Logan Thomas like no problem I think those are fine teams yeah, Terry and Logan have uh, better target numbers versus man defense, and the Cowboys run a high man scheme. I know you're not a huge believer in that, but there's a little bit in the data there. Um, so I could see myself running some DAC doubles, triples, and then just adding in some commanders that are going to get there on pure volume. Um, what are you doing with 5,900 Brian Robinson, who is coming off back-to-back target numbers of 9 and 6? And like, uh, I, I mean, he really didn't get there against the Giants until like the last drive of the game, just getting like peppered and catch up targets, you know? I mean, I feel like he's an awesome play sort of both ways. Like he's awesome, good chalk if Gibson is out. And he's also kind of like an awesome leverage play if Gibson does play because they do just give the ball to him in the red zone, like inside the five yard line, like right, he's getting the ball. I, I guess Derek Gore did come in for three snaps last week and got uh, two carries inside I can't remember if it was inside the 10 or not. Yeah, he got one like right after he subbed out. And Chris Rodriguez was out there for 20% too. Yeah, that's the uh that's the Bienemy. Bienemy uh Derek Orr came over from Kansas City with him there. Um Mm. yeah, I mean I I think Robinson's just an awesome play. Like I would say he's probably my second favorite, I mean third favorite because McCaffrey's number one, but probably my third favorite running back play of the slate after uh after Gibbs because he he like is weirdly efficient in a way of like he he gets chunk plays like both as a rusher and a receiver just like randomly 
he he's gonna have a lot of non-efficient plays too like he's gonna do a lot of first down runs for one yard against this defense and I mean, it's just the volume thing. Like, the commanders are going to run the most plays in the slate period, which impacts all their projections. What about um, Rico Dowdle, who is, like, very much trending towards just a 50-50 split with Tony Pollard? Back-to-back rush attempts of 38% and 31%. Um, Pollard only had 46% against the Panthers, but, you know, he is running a lot more routes. So it seems like Dowdle is just, like, needs to fall in the end zone once or twice to, to really get there versus, you know, 1,300 more for Brian Robinson. But in a game that the Cowboys just run Washington out of the stadium, I, I, I'm interested in Dowdle somewhat. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can quite get there, honestly. Like, it just, to me, it feels like giga fancy play. Like, super, like, 15 points from Rico Dowdle. I get. I mean, I don't know. I guess I can see it. It's like well, it's, it's a slate where a lot of people are going to have to choose, right? They're going to, you know, just yeah. looking at the at the stars on the slate. You got Lamb and McCaffrey at eighty seven hundred. You got Amon Ra eighty five hundred. So do like just thinking about how people are going to construct. Do you think people are going to do most lineups will have two of these guys, or will like can you even jam three of these dudes in a, in a lineup? Because I think I you have enough salary relief, you might be able to. You'll have to, I mean, like, you'd have to play, like, a Tucker Craft and uh, Jalen Tolbert. Kevontae uh, Turpin, you know, he's getting out there. Yeah, yeah, Kevontae <laughs> Turpin with the with the one touch, one touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you probably can get three. I don't think those lineups will be plus EV. You know, it's probably more likely that multiple 6K guys pop than you absolutely had to have the the you know the three the three guy parlay of McCaffrey, CD and St. Brown like absolutely being the highest scorers of the slate. You know, that's just that's just not really the way things work out. I think two of them in one lineup is really good though. Yeah, and I mean I think that's what the field will do most. We'll build some lineups at the end. Um the Commanders D will be played by no one if they get a pick six. You know, like it's like close your laptops for anyone who didn't play them probably 2500 I don't know. It, it's it's a tough sell, but a little bit for game theory. Maybe you could rock out the commander's defense if they can show out. Sure. I mean, I don't I don't feel I don't feel good about it, but who who I, would? I don't, you know, no one will. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's like so it's like one of those things where I, I'm of two minds where it's like I'm not gonna click any of those guys in my single entry teams, but yeah. like if I go to run the Sims, literally run the Sims.com and I do my 300 lineups or whatever. And I get a bunch of commanders. I'm not going to like tell the computer. No, I'm just going to be like, all right, sure. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Sometime. I'm talking through the lens of like the Millie maker mostly. Um, I guess we should mention Diami Brown is a dart. He's, he's getting, you know, he's a deep a dot guy. He's probably not a good play. Probably. I got think more he, work. I think he's only, I think, I think he's only played when Samuel has been banged up or like last week ejected. I, I don't expect yeah, him to be a big part of the rotation. I, I do like I do like Dotson because he feels like either you're playing McLaurin with Howell or you're going all the way down to Samuel and Dotson is kind of like the guy who gets forgotten and 
I, mean, I think Jahan Dotson's good. I got and maybe the data this season does not back that up, but I I still hold that prior. I if I ran a Sam Howell stack, I'd probably, you know, I I could be convinced to play the Dallas defense with it. Just like oh, I mean, I think that's optimal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, just like he throws a pick six, then they got to pass a lot, then they get garbage time. Um, and we saw like against the Giants, we saw them not giving up when the game was out of that, hand. You know? So that's so huge is I think if they're down 30 in the fourth quarter, they're still ripping Sammy age out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like they want to, they want to evaluate the players they have, you know, so they're going to play to the end. It is a division rival. So Dallas, like, you know, Dallas versus the giants, they tried to run up the score Dallas versus the Panthers. They're like, ah, whatever, you know, so I could see division rival on Thanksgiving. You are Dallas. They will run up the score if, if allowed. I mean, Dallas did run up the score against the Giants. Dak threw a 41-yard touchdown to Michael Gallup up 30-3 to with 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like a deep, like dialed up a deep yeah. bomb. to Like, so I, I'm totally, I'm totally with that. And the divisional matchup definitely increases the odds of it. All right, San Francisco at Seattle. Probably the take that's going to lead to me going poor here is that if Gino plays with this triceps injury, I, I'm like pretty into like Gino, Metcalf, JSN, Kittle, McCaffrey teams. Like I'm like pretty into that. And like that is just so obvious how I go broke. Um, but I'm, I still might do it. Gino goes out in the first quarter. I mean, yeah, I mean, me and everyone else would probably like that with just playing the extra 500 for Purdy and still getting in the Seahawks guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gino's elbow injury, we have to know if for some reason Drew Locke does play his like a dot is insane. You know, like he's not good, but he's going to give guys opportunities down the field. Um, Zach Charbonnet is drawing live for like 30 touches. Uh, Rashad Wright got seven targets in a trailing game script against the 49ers punched in a goal line touchdown. Um, I, yeah, I saw, if, I if Charbonnet just does what White does last week, you're going to wish you had played him on every team, I think. Yeah. I mean, White did get the the touchdown, but the, the point is he got more targets in in the trailing game script. The Seahawks' um, Vegas line has been, like, bet down from, like, a, a 19 open, you know? like the, So Vegas is so, out on so that. So do you, do you think that means, what, that Geno is either not playing or playing injured? I think it's a combination of uncertainty about Gino. Just like anytime they're the quarterback's uncertain, it's probably sharp to be like, mm, let's bet under. And then it's also probably like the underratedness of the Chase Young addition to this 49ers defense. And like just what what does adding the the past 101 to a already good defense do? Um the 49ers did lose their one of their star linebackers to a torn ACL in that game. So Maybe that opens up the middle of the field a little bit. I heard that JSN made like a, a great play in that game. I never actually saw the highlight. Can you can you talk to me about that play? Uh I was on I was on the beach in in St. Pete. I watched I watched the first uh the noon games on on my phone on on the beach. And uh then my phone died and I was just hanging out on the beach. So I also did not see the JSN play, but I do like JSN as a play. I mean, copy and paste every other fucking week this year where I've lost money on JSN. But 
Lockett didn't practice at all last week, ran fewer routes than normal this week. I think there is some chance that he either doesn't play or plays in a legit limited fashion this week, which makes JSN like, it's kind of one of those things guys listed as questionable. Uh, Adam Harstad has done this analysis. Like guys listed as questionable, basically produce the same as if they weren't like as when they're not limited, there's not a huge difference, but in this specific circumstance of a 31 year old, maybe 32 year old Tyler Lockett, who didn't practice at all last week, gutted it out. And then now has to play with only a 96 hour break. I could see him either not playing or being limited. And again, this he's just sort of in this range of wide receivers. Uh, like what is his peon right now? Yeah, ten percent. Like the same as James. It's literally it's literally the Jameson Williams play. I like Metcalf and Bobo yeah. quite a bit because remember the uh, the Vikings game where Jordan Addison just picked on. Uh, I think his name is Terjavius Ward. You know, like I could see Metcalf doing similar things like that if their O line can hold up to the pass rush. And Jake Bobo is a he's just got a deep A dot role. So if he is like if Lockett does play less, um, to me, like the them rushing Geno back and them rushing, you know, like not letting Lockett sit or anything, like they know they need to win this game. They have a really tough schedule if they're going to make the playoffs. So I can't believe they lost that game to the Rams, dude. That was so brutal. No, I mean, and they have like the 49ers twice. They got the Eagles coming up. Like they got yeah. a really tough schedule if they're going to make the playoffs at all. So I do think this could be like a, you know, this could easily be a, a 10 target game for Lockett. Just a bunch of catches fall down. I, I think I, you're, yeah. I think you're probably right. It's actually good. Probably goes the other way from what I said. And it's just Gino and Pete, like with his foxhole guys, you know, it's just like Tyler, like you got to give us everything you got. You got 10 days to get to rest after this. Like we got to go for it. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like if Gino's arm is impacted, maybe that lowers his a dot. And so that maybe helps JSN helps. That would it. help JSN. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wh- who are you most interested on the 49ers side out of like Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle? Uh, Debo, always. I mean, that's it's always for me, it's always Debo. Debo to me is always the best combination of projected points and projected ownership. Uh, actually, I, I misspoke earlier. I said Cooks wouldn't really be that popular. That is not the way projected ownership has right now cooks ha- uh, he's he's pretty popular about 17 yeah. percent. but debo outside of the five or six most popular wide receivers outside of the i mean outside of the 10 most popular skill position players like debo has a single game ceiling as high as any player in fantasy football like 35 plus points and i mean this is like a dude who i believe has a double bonus I, I, I'm pretty sure he's got a double 100 rushing yard, 100 receiving yard game. And I mean, he's definitely, he's got multiple free touchdown games. Like he's fucking Debo Samuel. And in a three game slate where you kind of need to take stances. And I, the Sims probably say this is bad. I mean, actually, I know for a fact they would. Like the Sims would actually say you should just play uh, Ayuk and, and Matt Cass. I mean, Ayuk is the alpha there, right? Like he, he just, he just kind of is now. Well, he's the he's the he's the one who's got the 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 down the field stuff that Purdy actually like weirdly you wouldn't think looking at Purdy he'd be good at that stuff but he actually really is he's he's like really good uh you know down the field he's actually hit Kittle on some of these down the field ones too yeah I mean 
In games that Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle play, Ayuk's target numbers are pretty strong. Um, is CMC going to come in at like 80%, 85%? You know, like what, what do we what do we think he's going to come in at, in small field? Uh, small field. So large field, he's projected for 50%. So yeah, small field, you're, you're looking like 70% or so. And it's like a cascading thing too, where if injuries break the right way, like if Musgraves ruled out, Emmanuel Wilson doesn't play, you know, some random other guy doesn't play. And, and there's like a three K guy, or if like Mike McCarthy says, you know what, we're, we're giving Jalen Tolbert a shot. He's going to start this game. Michael Gallup's been a good soldier, but we need to see what the young guy has. Like, just anything like that. Or just anything that makes a, a 3K guy, like, super viable, you're looking at at giga-jammed McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's just, he's gonna, he's a great play. They got right back on the uh, get him a touchdown train. If you're running Purdy stacks, you should play McCaffrey with him quite a bit. Amount of yeah, time. I, I was last week. I was like, I don't really like the idea of playing Purdy doubles. He really only gets there with one of them, and then Kittle gets there, and then Ayuk gets there, and then McCaffrey gets there. So don't <laughs> don't listen to me. Like play play Purdy with these dudes. Well, and like the the nice thing about McCaffrey and Purdy is McCaffrey can just get there on the ground, and Purdy can get there in the passing game. Again, a division rival game. What's nice is all these are division rival games, so. I do think the good teams will try to run up the scores on the bad teams if allowed. Um, let me look up the weather because this game is outside. Oh, it's Seattle in November, so it's probably bad, right? Let's see. Look, I'm going to imagine. Um, I mean, the, the, the 49ers only having a 25-point team total is probably indicative of some weird weather stuff or just not great weather. The No, it seems pretty fine. It's, it's going to be cold. Um, but not a lot of wind, just like 10 miles per hour, eight miles per hour. That's nothing to care about. Not going to rain, nothing like that. So no weather concerns at all for the slate, really. Um, do we want, I, I think like Metcalf to me could just be forgotten here. I feel no, no the Geno injuries. No, no man, dude, he had a 14 target game. I'm not, no. No, come on. Not last Metcalf, week. Had... Metcalf is a Metcalf is he's actually the perfect example of the you look back on the slate and you're like, wait, why didn't I just play an unowned sixty five hundred dollar grown ass man? You know? No, that's what I meant. I, I meant he could be forgotten in ownership. Like people are oh, not gonna Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I think you're yeah, you're totally right. I, I mean like people are like not gonna play him and he's probably like I mean a sixty five hundred dollar DK Metcalf, if Gino's elbow is able to air it out at all is, I mean, it's just a pretty strong play, and Metcalf's got there on the 49ers before. Um, should, we, should we move to our uh, Gold Star locks, or or what are you thinking? Yeah, Gold Star play for me, Jameer Gibbs. That That's my guy. That is going to be the... You got you to gotta give us a gross one, too. You, you can't just give, like, a... Tolbert. You know. Tolbert. That's my... my combination of uh, Jameer Gibbs and Jalen Tolbert. What I'll, I'll, what I'll probably do is when I go to do my runs, I will just project Jalen Tolbert for more points than um, Michael Gallup in in the stuff, in, in the Sims. Um, my cheap one is Jameson Williams. We're going to get that multi-touchdown game eventually. Could come this week in the Dome. That's probably, and... that's probably a really good one. 
Yeah. And then um, Cooks is like my mid-price guy. It sounds like he's going to be chalky, though, so I don't know how I feel about that. And then Jake Ferguson has like been as good as any tight end in the NFL. We didn't even mention him on the show. Um, he could be forgotten a little bit on a slate with like, People are pro- like, if they're going to play Commander, Logan Thomas is drawn very live to be played at 3,500. You got Kittle, you got Laporta. So I like, I like me some Fergie. Should we, should we build some lineups here? Yeah, let's, uh, let's build one um, here. Let me see. What, what contest should we put this in? I'll, I'll put, I'll put this in the, there's got to be a $27, right? Uh, throw it in the Millie Maker, bro. Let's, let's build our Millie Maker shipper right here. Okay. All right. Let's build. A Millie Maker shipper. I will, uh, as as a gracious host, I will let you take the uh, the first pick. All right, let's do it, man. Let's get JMO in there. We're open up okay. some salary. All right, we're going. We're going with JMO for the first pick. Um, do we want to do any correlated play there? Now, I so we already have JMO. That's a weird play. That's off the board. Let's take Dak. Yeah, I like Dak. Um. I'll throw him cooks. So we got cooks. we got a lot of cheapies in there right now. Okay, so we need to do something weird here. Let's go. Let's put let's put uh let's put Brian Robinson. Let's put Brian Robinson in. I, I think the Brian Robinson as the Dak bring back will not be near as popular as like the McLaurin Dotson Samuel Thomas bring back there. No, and he's probably the best play because in garbage time it was just Brian Robinson checkdowns. Just Brian Robinson checkdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it's way better if Gibson does not play than if Gibson does play because yeah. Gibby's getting those checkdowns. If yes. That if if Gibson plays, you got to swap. Um, play I'm gonna, AJ Dillon. Swap him to Dillon. I'm gonna throw in Charbonnet. All right, Sharbs. I'm gonna put in. I'm gonna put in McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey is just—he's the best. He's the best play. Let's just. And I'm and I'm throwing in Lamb. So we got the Dak double with Robinson, Charbonnet, McCaffrey, Jameson Williams. We got. So this is a really interesting spot: Dak, Brian Robinson, Charbonnet, Jameson, Cooks, Lamb, McCaffrey. This is the the way everyone else finishes this team. This is like a duped lineup. We got Logan Thomas. And the Lions defense like that, like that is duped. You're, 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 you are duped in the Millie Maker. If you let's do that get the team. Seahawks D in there, I like this. The Seahawks D is like a good defense, somewhat. So we can do that and we can do Ferg. So we can do the Dak Giga stack here if we, if we take Seahawks defense. Ooh, I like that a lot. And then you could, you know, if you, if someone wants to play the Packers D, God bless you. You could, you could get that in there too. Yep. Dak, Brian Robinson, Charbonnet, Jameson, Cooks, Lamb, Ferguson, McCaffrey, Seahawks. That's a unique combination. It tells a story. Kind of a weird story, but it does tell a story. <laughs> I do, I I with the Cowboys, Commanders, and 49ers, I think you can do the super stuff. I don't think you super stack Seattle. I don't think you super stack Detroit or Green Bay. I just don't. It's like hard for me to see enough touchdowns there. But yeah, yeah, a super stack of Seattle, I prefer to play with like them getting it kind of in like a trailing game script. So just like play it with Purdy, but like play two, you know, like Charbonnet, Lockett, and Metcalf plus Purdy, CMC, and Iuke or and Kittle or something like that. And just like mega stack the game. Um, but I like this one, you know, like I, I could definitely see Brian Robinson going a little under the radar. Um, you know, like the, the DAC triples, maybe a little under the radar. 
Brian same, Robinson same is Brian Robinson is for sure going to go under the radar, relatively speaking. Like, under the radar in the sense that he only gets played on 30% of rosters when I think maybe it should be like 35 or 40. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, the super interesting thing is what happens if Gibson plays because he was limit listed as like limited on the Monday, um, you know, estimated practice report. So if he plays, I mean, like literally two weeks ago, Gibson had 118 receiving yards, I think, in a game that Gibson played which is like wild. And it was on two 50 yard plays, which will like never happen again, but it is, that is kind of interesting. Yeah. Just, just playing Brian Robinson, even if Gibson is back because Gibson could be limited somewhat, this game could get out of hand quick. And are they going to like play a guy just off injury in a game out of hand? You know, um, I could see them being like, Oh, let's just play the healthy guy. Uh, where, if you could only play, how do you rank lamb McCaffrey, Amon Ra? So McCaffrey, I think most people are going to do McCaffrey, it. Like, McCaffrey, Lamb, Amon Ra. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how most people will do it. So Mr. Consist- consistency, Amon Ra could go a little little under-owned compared. He could. You're totally not wrong about that. He he totally could be under-owned. So something, something to think about. Uh, all right, man. Let's get out of here. Everyone, thanks for listening. A lot of podcasts coming to you this week. Uh, they are all going to continue to keep coming out. And uh, I will see you guys back tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving. Later, It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece with nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.